Hello all you cats, dogs, and other friends in the animal kingdom. Pat Brennan here welcoming you to episode 9 of Beyond Believers, the definitive Elvis Costello fan podcast. Today we'll be, we will be discussing side B of the 1980 masterpiece by Costello and the attractions, Get Happy. We'll be covering each track in depth, also covering which songs should be covered for an Elvis Costello tribute album, and then of course, Lizzie's Dream featuring EC himself. A quick note on our absence between Side A and Side B of Get Happy. I am currently coming to you from Portland, Oregon. I relocated from Los Angeles to Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and then to Portland. In addition to moving across the country with an infant and creating a new life for ourselves here in Oregon, the podcast unfortunately got put on the back burner. But we're back. We're hoping to be getting some new episodes up again in the next few weeks, as well as figuring out the next phase of our recording schedule. So we thank you. And by we, I mean myself, my trusty assistant, Alma Lou, here who's sleeping on my chest, for your patience and for coming back to us after our extended hiatus. We wish you all the best, and we're so happy to be back between your ears. Enjoy the episode. Speaking of another classic, we got our first cover here. Sam and Dave. I wish that I was cool enough to like know that this was a Sam and Dave B-side. Uh, I do not. I, I mean, you wouldn't know, know it. Original. Yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a great cover. I think that, you know, it's real punched up. Well, it's faster than the original. A like, rave a, up as they like to call it when there, white there people cover black music and speed up the tempo. But it's, it's good. I mean, the original's great. Sam and Dave are amazing. But yeah, this is, this is a great song. It's like very catchy, very fun, makes you want to dance. Absolutely. I um, would, yeah. I wish this song would be played at weddings. Like, I know it's not a love song, but like, <laughs> but you know, like, I mean, I, I not every song that plays at a wedding needs to be a love song. Absolutely. You and, and I, feel I like- you and I led an entire wedding attendance to uh, regulate by Nate Dogg and Warren G at your cousin's Fuck wedding. Yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. We uh there's room for we I can't stand up for falling era. Yes, we were. <laughs> Absolutely. I also think it's it it is like I feel like, you know, this would be a great song to play after like Too Proud to Beg like on the dance floor. It's it yeah. be, it, it fits so well. It's just um Damn, that's such a good song. I love that song so much. That song is fucking good. Um, is a great song. And uh and I mean, even it's like the lyrics, though, also like can't stand up for falling down is such a Costello-esque line. You would, know, you would didn't think even write it. he didn't even write it. But you see, like, this is this is where a lot of it comes from. You know, I'm the living result. I'm the result. I'm 
simple though love is, still it confused me. Yeah, and like that's this is you see like this is a I like the Sam and Dave version of it. It's slow as I recall, right? It's yeah, pretty, it's slower. yeah. Exactly. And I, I don't think it, it almost feels as though it's like, in a way that I would say that like hard to handle, even after the Black Crows is still an Otis Redding song. Like, I would say this is almost like much like peace, love and understanding. This to me is like this song, like it's, it's a great cover that I feel like takes the song and owns it. Like, yeah, I mean, they're very, yeah, they're very different songs. Like the original is much, it's a real soulful song. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I uh, love and this it. This is not at all, but like it's like real is... fun. Oh, absolutely. This was his last, I think, top 10 or top 20 hit. I think that he had for at least like almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, I can't stand up for falling down. Ugh. it's so, I mean, that part, the part at the end, the vow that we made, like oh so great it's so good again it's just like it's just there's not anybody really soloing on it crazily or anything it just oh it's so good it's so good yeah one of my favorite tracks on the album black and white world i was looking at the black and white world it seems so exciting so good it's yeah. so great this felt like the first sort of hint at like a slightly ska sound um to me um like i could hear like but like a punk you know not not ska punk like third wave like and not really two-tone either but like i could hear like the clash doing this song you know like absolutely and yeah. it's got that kind of like Minds you a little bit of like the Clash cover of Police and Thieves. Exactly. There's that like a doomed. There's something about the, I don't know what it is. If it's like the way the song makes me want to move that has, it gives me like, gives me the same feeling I get when I listen to like, like Barracuda by John Cale or something. This sort Thank of like you. really good bass, which I've, I've talked to you before about 
Oh my god, like, we love this Barracuda song. Barracuda by John Cale and like Why Can't I Touch It by the Buzzcocks. Barracuda by Barracuda. Won't you lay down your life for me? Won't you love me by Barracuda? If you always keep bring out worse than are kind of the same song a little yeah, bit yeah like but... the bass is like a very and there's something about the the rhythm of this song that makes me like want to move my body in the same way i don't know because it doesn't really sound like it but it absolutely some, but it is vibes. well it's it definitely is and he has said that while he's not a huge fan of a lot of the kind of manchester music like whether it's the Joy Division stuff or or the more like Hacienda Club music stuff that come and, and New Order well, and that. He's a Liverpudlian. Of course he has to hate Mancunians. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no time for those Mancunians. But um he oh, uh, yes. I just said Mancunian. <laughs> Mancunians. Let's combine Manchurian with Mancunian. I like it. A Mancunian <laughs> from Manchuria. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know what it is. I, I it definitely has that same. He he always point I was making was he does he always uh said he was a fan of the Buzzcocks, for sure. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure when why can't I touch it came out if it came out before this or after it, but um, I think it probably came mm-hmm. out 78 or 79. Uh, hey, it was Mama. 1978 that why can't I? Okay, touch cool. It. So it's it wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he if he heard why can't I touch it and borrowed that vibes or and or wasn't listening to john cale's fear in 74 an insanely influential album shout out to the joker men podcast they're currently doing lou reed and john cale's discography album by album yeah check it out it's great yeah Um, i really i know you've been talking about it i want to check it out yeah after bob they they moved on to to lou and john and it's great anyways i think what it is about those songs that make you want to move is um it's syncopated mm-hmm, it's yes. in that bass. Cause if you listen to the demo of it, he says he kind of wrote it as like a Ray Davies song. It's oh. very lazy. Like um, it's acoustic guitar. You know, but then the band took it and just pushed it up to this thing. And there's so much drama in it that is not in the the acoustic version at all. You know, I mean, and I get, I think the lyrics here are some of the best on the album. There'll never be days like that again when I was just a boy and men were men. You never go from moment to moment. You're the living double of a single fiction. Again, it's like, this is a song to me that also kind of is like a slide dig at like masculinity and like this whole kind of thing. I was looking at the black and white world, like back when things were simpler, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about in green shirt about the woman who takes the red, yellow, orange, and green and turns them into black and white. You know, I'm look like anybody who talks about this to me is a song where it's like the bullshit of talking about the good old days that never were. 
you know, like there'll never be days like that when I was just a boy and men were men, you know. songbook tour mm-hmm. have you heard of this oh uh, the spectacular oh. the spectacular spinning songbook he true he toured it again oh i okay yeah i remember seeing that when i was reading and now i've already did he he was just was he playing like was it like a wheel of fortune type yeah so yeah, he brought okay. it out in 86 because he was sick and tired of doing figuring out set lists mm-hmm. so he it's like 30 or so songs and he invited people from the audience to get up and spin the wheel and then they could like hang out to what he called the society lounge where they could like sit on the side of the stage while the song is played oh that's very cool it was awesome i saw it twice he toured with it in the summer of 2011 he originally did it in 1986 and he had guest mcs come mm-hmm. out to do it to like introduce the song and get audience members he had tom waits do it what? several times to be the mc of it and he'd be <laughs> yeah. like he'd be like come on out here baby like i want to see <laughs> oh spin that wheel like oh my God. i knew i knew you was the one i was looking for in the dark like it's it, it, it was just amazing he had roberto benini do it several times but he would translate like when he toured italy and france he had benini do it and benini would translate everything he said into like nonsensical french and italian so he'd be making these like impassioned descriptions of what the songs are about or jokes and benini would just translate it into nonsense like oh my god this is a song about my fish who wore a hat and died in the kitchen like that kind of like shit like that and he had he had a bunch of different different people um come out and do it but i saw him when he did it in 2011 and it was awesome and this i was i kept, i saw it was on the the wheel and i was like come on black and white world like come on and oh it was fucking great it's so chaotic and so kind of disjointing to hear after i can't stand up for falling down and i love that it just the way it just ends it's just this loop of like what clash fan and like it's such me, a it's clash like, song if you love the clash then this is yes like, this absolutely be, right yeah. for sure and again speaking of i feel like they're the, the second half of this album is just as good as the first and you go right into five years in reverse five years in reverse Oh my god. 
I, oh my God. I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but this is my favorite like song for bass. Like the bass stands out to me on this song more than any other songs. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. This was where I was gonna give James Jamerson a shout out. Um just because oh, this is was, so Jamerson. <laughs> it's so good. Um boo do no 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 boo no no do you know what do you know what what kind of like this song gives me it makes me think <laughs> lay it on bit. me <laughs> give it to me straight it's like it doesn't sound like it but there's something there the saved by the bell theme song <laughs> it's all right because i'm saved by the Oh, for sure. No, okay. I totally, I totally hear that. You're not crazy. Saying. You're not crazy at all. I totally hear it. <laughs> yeah. That feels validating. Do, 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 do. It really is. And it's kind of, it's like, it has a little bit of that, it has a little bit of cheese. Yeah, exactly. It. It's a little, like a little bit of cheese, a little bit like, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I mean, it really, it, it kind of is, it's, 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 I think it's this part of the song. It's the that part reminds me. Right before the verse kicks yes, back in. That's yeah. what reminds me of the Saved by the Bell theme song. I hear that. I hear that for sure. Definitely. I mean, I, yeah, I, I love it. Cause there is, there's a bit of like, like the groove is so strong and there's such a great push pull. Cause the, the groove is so steady. On oh, this yeah. song, it is so rock solid. So I don't know. Would you say this is more Motown or more Stax? I feel Stax a little bit. Uh, yeah, I guess. I if don't I know. Had to pick, if I had to pick one, yeah, you'd say Stax for sure. Stax. Yeah. Okay, so this but, feels yeah. so. I mean, but a big part of that is the organ too. Like the organ yeah. always makes me think Stax. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And there is the part. So many great bands, they have the thing where it's like, you know. Like with the Stones, it's like Keith is trying to push the 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 song forward while Charlie is like behind the beat, uh-huh. you know. And I feel like it's the contrast between the vocals and the groove. The groove is so solid, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to like cram in as many words as he can. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And if you say that sound. Don't let me interrupt you. You know, he's trying to pull it forward, but the, or or trying to almost to like, trying to like pull it, like pull it in another direction. And the beat is like fighting him. The groove is fighting him on it. So when there's, there's a great part, I think it might be the second chorus where he's like, I have no 
choice. Like I have to get these words out before like I pass out. I'm a, I'm a very big car singer. And okay. I, yeah, I sang oh the God. shit yeah. out of this song in the car more times than I can count. And it is an exhausting song to sing. Yeah, you are sense. like you are out. I mean, what is what's the chorus say? Like, uh, but uh, you know, but if you're oh gosh, where is it? But if your patience is is corrupted and you still cannot decide, you're sitting in the gar- you know, you have no motivation, you can't even catch your breath. All of this acceleration is driving you to death. Like it is an exhausting, like it is, and so that groove the groove is so strong and so kind of not so different from a lot of Costello like songs. Yeah. And, and I feel like the contrast of his, it is like, you know, machine gun words with this just rock solid groove just creates so much fun tension in it that. Do you know what? I'm having what? this thought for the first time right now. And <laughs> Does this song actually remind me a little bit of Taken Care of Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive? I can like, hear that for sure. I you think were talking it's, about it's, it's the same part that reminds me. In fact, maybe, maybe it was really this song and not the same by the Melting, but it's the same part. It's the like that that there's something about it that's really given me. Yeah. Interesting. I think, I think there's something there. Interesting. Working over time. Of that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. 100%. When is this album come out? 73. I just 73. Absolutely. Totally. Totally yes. here. Five gears in reverse. That's it's the same group. Yeah. 100%. It's so funny. You were talking about uh, Eddie Money earlier. Oh, my God. <laughs> they toured together. <gasps> they did? Costello they, and Eddie Money opened. They, uh, they toured together and they would they would switch off headlining. I don't know nights. why that touches my heart so much. I really I, there's Eddie Money has like a very, very special place in my heart for, I think, a lot of reasons. A lot of it's related to my dad. But man, well, write write that down, by the way, write down Eddie money in your notes so we don't forget, because that will that'll come back around at the end. Possibly. Oh, maybe right, I'm going to write down Eddie money. OK, just, yeah, just you know, OK, hang on to it. Let's so do it. OK. All right. So five years in reverse fucking rules that the song is awesome. It's a good song. It is. All right. Oh, next track I can't, up. I, I'm sorry. I just need to give one more shout out to the bass in it. I don't know why I love it so much. There's like all kinds of turns it takes. It's so fucking good. Shout out Bruce yeah. Thomas. Okay. Seriously, I, I'm telling you, this is his. I don't know why he doesn't like the bass on his on this album. It's so fucking loud. He's like the star of the show here. I'm telling you. It's so good. <laughs> and speaking of incredible bass, you go right into B movie. Oh my god, so good. Great. Yes. Thank you. 
you know, the guitar kind of goes in and out. It's very reverby. Mm-hmm. The keyboards come in and out at different, they kind of like stab in and out, like just kind of like kind of zing in and out a little bit. And the drums are always there, but this is basically a drum bass and, and vocals. Like that's it. That's this whole song really. Yeah. This is um, like very much a reflection of the, his work with the specials, just like the oh, ska yeah. vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Real So different from like, everything else on the album in that way i mean yeah some other i mean there there's a there's a couple songs after this that also yeah i mean there's definitely more of a ska inflection on the second half of the album yeah way more than the first but it's yeah i mean i just think about the part the part where it's um, turn out the lights i'm thinking that i want to go to sleep now just give it a promise that I'm supposed to keep now. I don't want some fool asking me why. When I find you, finally making me cry. Baby, that's all you're doing. You're just a soft soap star and don't want the woman to act on me. You can't stand it when it comes to real, to real, to real, to real. You can't stand it when at the front I mean, that's funky as hell. I have something I want to say about the song, but I have to save it for later because we're going to talk about something else later. So I got to, I, but I got, I got to say. Okay. I think this is, this is a perfect song. Yeah. I think it's, it's also perfect because it, it really is. You would think like it's kind of experimental a little bit, but I mean, it's very Scott. It's very dub influenced. Yeah. And, you know, he always talks about how with the um, with the West Indian community moving into England in the early late 50s, early 60s, I think mm-hmm. all of the Jamaican music starts to be heard in England. And he always describes it as like it's like we got in, we got like bonus R&B with like <laughs> yes. rock steady and all that. Yeah, and it, become, it didn't take off in America like it did. No, there. it didn't no. come. It didn't take off until Rasta Reggae. The only thing that really kind of gave a little bit of hint to reggae is stuff like the Harder They Come soundtrack. Sure. Oh, yeah. Like takes off. Clip? But even then, that's not it's not huge. It's not mainstream. The only. No, like I don't think any of my friends even know. the harder they come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like I only know that because I had I had a boyfriend for four years who was Jamaican. Well, his, his parents were from Jamaica. And I learned a lot. Like his uncle. Like, I only know it because it was Jimmy on Cliff like. was his, his like cousin's godfather. Shit. <laughs> Jamaica. I, I have a feeling Jamaica is a very small, like it's a very small, like everybody kind of knows everybody. There's Everyone's only like two degrees of, like, of separation. Yeah. Like in American Jamaican communities, it's very, yeah, very. I can very only close. imagine. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, like it's got, it's got some like dub feels to it but like i mean the only track that ever kind of hit big reggae wise before bob marley was israelites the desmond decker song yeah sure yeah but like that's it so he always costello is jokes he's like that's why americans can't play reggae because they only know the bob marley they don't know like the desmond decker the rock steady they don't know the beat it's just like and god knows we live through an era of a lot of shitty white reggae bands uh, for yes, sure. But I might have liked some of them. <laughs> but again, to be addressed later. I might have to. 
I mean, come on. We don't it's, we don't talk about that. <laughs> you know what? It's the kind of thing where it's like I'm I'm starting like I'm you know we, we're reaching an age where it's like there shouldn't be such thing as guilty pleasures anymore. It's like fuck it. Like we just, agreed. Like, like we grew up in a time where like some of these bands were just like that was popular and it was yeah it true. was good and there was also some more innovation like going on with it too. This blending in other things you know just, um, I'm just gonna bite my lip on that <laughs> but um, what the thing the last thing I want to say about B-movie is that to me it's a perfect song and it's it's such the summation of you know he you know this record's full of all these puns and illusions and turns of phrase and everything but this is one that I feel like everybody can understand you're a like a B movie, like you're you're you're, you're just a, a soft soap story. Like the metaphor is perfect. It's executed in a way that anybody can understand. You know, uh, I got a secret. Thought that I had better swallow. Like it to me, it's just it's a very Costello kind of gets out of his own way on this song. You know, in a way that he might not. I mean, I love Costello not getting out of his not getting out of his way. I love, you know, as much of the train wreck tracks as I do like the songs that are like this. But to me, this is just like, it's it's perfect. It's not, it, anybody can get this song. And I feel like you don't have a pulse if you don't find it groovy and awesome and lovely. Anyway, yes, you were saying. Uh, oh, I don't know if I really had anything to add to that. say another thing about it a little bit later <laughs> okay i'm so excited it's um, not that exciting it's just i, I don't say a... that people are listening to this podcast lizzie <laughs> no they're staying to hear my dream that i had oh my god i can't wait for the costello dream it's so right. dumb but i love it <laughs> it's great i think you could say that about half of this album at least it's so dumb but i love it <laughs> all right motel right. matches bottom album needs a ballad right Ooh, and it's a, a great ballad. one and what a great one i actually wrote God damn. great great little song in my notes. it is a great little song it's a great little song i uh was it maybe in the ringer article that you sent me where somebody said that this was like the ballad that the stones never wrote and i was like oh that is not wrong like that is like I I come I yes I believe it was and it's really true I mean and it's also 
I think they also say, if I remember correctly from the Ringer article, um, I'll include that in the podcast notes, by the way. It's a Ringer article about the 40th anniversary of, of Get Happy, which was written in 2019, about how it's also, it's it's the, it's- What, 2020? 2020. Oh, was it 2020? Okay, mm-hmm. my bad. So- By um, Elizabeth Nelson. By Elizabeth Nelson. Shout out to Elizabeth Nelson. Thank you. Much appreciated, Lizzie. I'm glad you're here. I got to watch out for my fellow Elizabeths. Duh. Hell yeah. Got to give it up for their, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to, to Libby and Elizabeth as well. Um, Two other great Elizabeths I know who happen to be dating. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're fantastic. First class people. Anyways, what I was saying was not only, I think the point that Elizabeth Nelson makes is not only is it a song that the Stones should have written, but didn't, but also like a lot of the Stones country stuff has a mm. lot of irony to it. You know, mm-hmm. he's doing his, I was driving one Sunday morning through Bakersfield, but like, this is unironic. Yeah. And the vocal is, is so good at like with the irony, without the irony that the stones, Mick almost doesn't have the confidence to, to pull off something like this in terms of his, his singing when it comes to those kind of country-ish R&B-ish soulish ballads. Like he's always got to go like fool to cry, which I love, but he's got to do like, you're a fool to cry. You know, he's got to like do some vocal affectation to get himself through it as opposed so. to just exactly. I don't know. I'm I th- thinking, I'm thinking of like wild horses right now. And fair enough. Fair enough. It's like a straightforward, great little sort of country esque ballad. Yeah. Again, another one like B movie where it's like the metaphor is clear. It's easy mm-hmm. to understand. It's still clever. You know, talking about motel, giving you away Wait. like motel matches, yes. the giving away the affair, you know, giving away your secret, but also like everybody's got motel matches, like everybody, you know, especially back then, like you just take them for free. Like, you know, matchbook company makes 10,000 of them or some shit. Like, so it's the, the, the meaningless sorry. of a sexual affair, but also it being, all right, go ahead. What I you just, got? I'm, I'm trying to make an elaborate metaphor here, Lizzie. No, to make he, art no he, you internet you finished, radio show god you finished damn your it. thought no, i'm being proceed. so rude the floor is yours no i'm being so rude thinking about something and laughing okay um i never mind i'm not going to tell the whole long intro because it's not important but i once uh came across a matchbook that was a wedding souvenir from i believe it was 1977 which like so 1977 right to have a matchbook as your wedding souvenir like a little giveaway thing but it was for the wedding of two people named linda and rod and i was like oh this is the most 1977 thing ever can you imagine names linda and rod like there's it's such a it's such a rod stewart and linda ronstadt like yeah absolutely uh, such of, of such an era just a perfect encapsulation of if that time like of that year. Come on, take this matchbook gift. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. you'd be hard pressed to find a that's wedding a bathroom. going on right now of people Th- named a... Linda and Rod. That's not like a no. Life no way. one is naming anyone Rod. Um, Rod. Yeah, that's a that's like a name that's died. Um, I don't think I've ever met a Rodney. Um, I've not a I've not a couple, but like certainly no one like our age. 
No, no. Oh, no. That's what I mean. I mean, I don't think yeah. anybody in the last 40 years has been named Rodney. Um, you know, they're like, out there, but you know, oh, now yeah, I feel rude. Shout out to like, all the Rodneys out shout there. Shout out to Rodneys and but, Lindas uh, of our generation as well. No, there's not a lot no, of those. No, not a lot of Lindas. Lindas are few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Linda and Rod, that's a bat, that's a wedding, uh, that's a wedding with a lot of blow done in the bathroom for sure. <laughs> Gotta be. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think this this is this is another all timer, like top five best tracks on the album, definitely. It's um, a good one. It great is. Ballad. It's so great. And that about covers it for for motel matches. I think. Yeah, that's all yeah. I got to say about it. All right, now we're heading back into rock steady Jamaican territory. Yeah. Human touches. It's, it's, oh my god, the. So the give it the give it to me. How is this song not a hit? This should have been a this should have been a single off this album. I know. I, actually, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I feel like people would love this song. I love at the end where it just repeats the I need, I need, I need. Or that part of It is so infectious. Also that like, as far as great Costello lyrics, he I've heard him play this live a couple of times. He changes up the lyrics a lot. change it to um when i'm lying stretched out on the floor it's no mystery to her anymore and it i I, yeah i like it i like it as kind of a reverse of just like i mean it's it's a very it's a highly articulate way of like when i'm caught with my pants down like yeah kind of a thing and i I just i love it so much that's a good that's a good line switch i know i've for sure I've just got to get out of this place. I can't stand any more of that mechanical grace, though they say it's only industrial squeeze. It looks like luxury. It feels like a disease. Like, <laughs> that is why we love Elvis Costello. At least I do. That, yes, like, no, yeah. That is it. That nobody else can write a line like that. Nobody else can. And yeah, I mean, you've got this kind of Desmond Decker, like, it almost sounds like jazz musicians playing like a Desmond Decker song like you know you hear like that organ at the end like on the fade out that do 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 like it's just oh and you've got that kind of clash you know again like that kind of black and white world that like it's it's great i love this song yeah it just makes me want to like go to a dance hall seriously absolutely masterpiece it yeah. is beaten to the punch the 
this is a great song do you know what the beginning reminds me of a little bit too is like the beginning of i saw her stand in there no no i completely oh. agree it totally is like i saw her standing there um it also again has a little of saved by the bell absolutely 100 yeah this song this song would get me out on the dance floor or something oh, probably. for sure i also love um yeah yeah it's just i mean that groove is just you can't you can't beat it it's like five years in reverse again and i just love at the end just the singing along with the album it's probably like two or three weeks ago and i was just like i'm getting exhausted <laughs> oh yeah i've i can't tell you how many times i have been singing along to music well i'm always singing along to music in my car unless i'm listening to a podcast and sure. there have been so many times where i have to stop because i start to get lightheaded because i'm like we're just belting so hard like there's like notes that are too long and i'm not yep. breathing yep yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah. my god i am operating a vehicle like i need to make sure i'm getting more oxygen <laughs> absolutely you need to open the windows and breathe yeah. a little bit for sure 100 percent. like oh singing way too hard mm-hmm. absolutely like proper training and how to sing so that i don't like knock myself out <laughs> mm-hmm. it's weird too because i also sometimes feel like with my add it's like singing in the car sometimes actually helps me concentrate more on driving oh yeah but then, of course, it does cause near asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah, so there's a fine line you need to walk with that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Temptation. Oh, yes. Well, this is, you know, and, and they acknowledge just pretty much taking the organ from Time is Tight by Booker T and the MGs, which I don't blame them. It's great. I mean, yeah, it's like absolutely. a great little sort of underlying uh, thing to have. In the For song. sure. The Clash also covered that song pretty <gasps> recent to when this came out. Oh, did they? Um, yeah, it's on, I think it's on, it's definitely on Super Black Market Clash, which is like the, the CD version of it. Mm-hmm. But Black Market Clash, which is like their like bootlegs and B-sides album, I believe has has this on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, they do an instrumental cover of it. It's pretty great, actually. I mean, like, um, I'll have to check that. Topper Hedden's drums on it. I mean, Topper Hedden's one of the greatest drummers ever. Like, but him, him on it actually, his playing on it reminds me a lot of Pete Thomas's playing on this. Yeah, this one's this one's interesting. It's a little bit of like an energy come down after beating to the punch. Yeah, for sure. There's a part of me that wonders in the sequencing of this album. It's like, would one of these would it be better to have this after human touch or would it be better to take it off the album and have beaten to the punch there instead? Or I don't know. I feel like this is a one where the energy feels weird, like the shift on it. I love both songs, but I'm kind of like wondering as I listen to it, it feels a little, I don't know. I don't know whether they kept it because it's like you want to have 20 songs on the album. He quotes it in the memoir. So I know it's a song that means a lot to him in terms of talking about where he's at in his career, you know. Yeah, 
bit of like, uh, you know, some of the, this is like the hangover after like some of the songs on this year's model where it's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to like party and like, I want to be, you know, what is it? Uh, in say anything. I want to get hurt. Yes. Um, this is like the hangover from that, <laughs> from like that, that mood, that feeling. Um, yes. things I was reading were saying things about like opportunity possession and temptation being like a trilogy I remember Elizabeth Nelson said that in the ringer article for yeah. sure as like yeah. the kind of like the emotional trilogy of this, right. of this album so opportunity guess- leads to possession <laughs> leads yes. to temptation it's interesting yeah I mean it's definitely it's you know so for heaven's sake give me temptation excuse me I feel like it I mean it's definitely an a song where it's like it's like an on the fence song where mm-hmm. it's sort of like you look at the lyrics and it's like it, I want temptation but I also realize it's not great for me and you know it's it's almost this kind of thing where you're like I want to move forward but I also really don't know how any other way to go about it so give me temptation you know there is a there is a bit of resignation about it that's yeah. um that's uh that's interesting i it's not the one that jumps out to me whenever i listen to it but it is it is a good song yeah. i think i need to give it a bit more attention and see how i feel about it but yeah yeah i don't have yeah, a ton else to say stuff. about it really i stand accused people oh, say man. i love you I do. <laughs> I got a very fun fact about this song while I was researching. So this is a cover of the Mersey Beats. And um, I was reading earlier that uh, the Mersey Beats had like the same management as the Who. And so as a result, Keith Moon and John Entwistle played on like a bunch of their songs. And Keith Moon plays drums on the original of this which is great because like it ends, I listen to it, it's great. This is a pretty straightforward cover of that song. Um, <laughs> like banging on a gong at the end. And it's just like, oh, Keith Moon. So Keith Moon. That's awesome. I know, isn't that great? I was so glad yeah. that, I, that I found that little fun fact. And I, I mean, I feel like all the drummers, all the good punk drummers are very influenced by Keith Moon for sure. You got and it. I mean, the drummer... I mean, the drumming, P. Thomas's drumming on this is very much, this is very like Keith Moon. Like I hear like um, 
you know, like the live version of my generation that you know, like hundred miles an hour, like kind of thing with this. So yeah, I totally hear hear his influence on this. And that the bass line and everything that do 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 is very John Entwistle. You just need to throw in a little bit like yeah i don't know i don't i i don't think he played i mean i did not read that he played on this one but it sounds like but yeah he played on like other stuff by them so it would make sense that they would you know have that sometimes when i'm bored and i'm killing time i'll i like just making noises with my mouth i'll do john it whistle bass lines Oh, that's so great. I love that. I saw saw The Who with my dad in 2002. It was the tour where John Entwistle died. It was, I think, Vegas. Was was that their first stop on the tour and he died? So we were- He died in- in like in the arms of a oh, yeah, sex it was, worker yeah yep. it's not not the most glory i mean i don't know hopefully he had a good time but like ooh, i believe that the phrase the growing dignified. old the the phrase growing old disgracefully comes to mind oh man yeah oh he's so sad but yeah i was like this close to seeing him but missed out but it was amazing and uh Robert Plant was the opener on that tour, also, which was so kind of weird. Crazy. Yeah, apparently they're buddies. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Him and Daltrey are. Yeah, and then Zach Starkey, you know Ringo Starr's son, was drumming for them, so that was cool. He's um, fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, God, it would have been incredible to see Keith Moon. I don't know if I'm. I mean, we don't need to necessarily include this in the podcast. I don't know who wants to hear this, but fun fact for you is um my my family used to own um their like thing was owning hotels and real estate and stuff for a long time my great-grandfather and grandfather and they owned a hotel called the navarro in new york city it was right on central park and it was where a lot of celebrities would stay and it was where the who stayed every time that they came around or if they were staying in the city and uh apparently it was it sounds like it was one of the most like tolerant places of keith moon who is like famously probably the worst hotel guest of all time yeah there is say. the there is the famous cartoon where it says like it's like the in case of keith moon break glass <laughs> yes exactly uh i mean he did horrific things i would hate that man if cherry I bombs. ran a hotel oh my god cherry bombs down the toilet Things uh, out the window, like t- TVs, TVs out the window into pools, I think. like Yeah, I mean, there's always the classic thing where they he's like, oh, no, we have to go back to the hotel. And everyone's like, fuck, he left heroin. He left uh, drugs. He left something. And he goes and he back goes to the room, throws the, TV, throws the TV out the window, goes, Phew, almost forgot. Oh, my God. What crazy, crazy. And then, man. of course, Pete Townsend God tells that story me. and goes, and that is very, very, very important. <laughs> Very important that TVs get thrown out of windows. It's rock and roll. Oh. All right. Doing my best Pete impression. No, that was that trying was to, good. Trying to make my nose grow longer. <laughs> so I stand accused. It's a good one. Yeah, uh, there's not like a whole lot to say. Apparently, about it. this was his his most like overt acknowledgement. Because some people say 
like believed that recording a blue eyed soul album was like a mea copa after Columbus. Oh, which well, I feel like I, I don't I don't see much credence to that based on my knowledge of Costello and the kind of music he makes, as well as his um, as we discussed, less than less than stellar uh reaction to what happened yeah and everything like it is interesting timing yeah it is very much so i think he might have even said at one point that it wasn't like conscious but like possibly on some subconscious level it was you know although oh oh, for sure are we are we ready to move on to riot act because well just because that is the one song where he that is like a response exactly all i would all i would say was that shortly after after Columbus, he would open shows with I Stand Accused. Right. Okay. Like yeah. So, that does... so that that's all that's all I have to yeah. say. So we'll move so, on yeah. to no, we'll move right. on to Riot Act for sure. so good it's a it's it's an all-timer for him he plays it consistently in concert and it really is a great it's usually like a mid-set song Mm -hmm. it really kind of brings the tempo down really think bring things into focus i love that he's it's one of the most mature songs he's written thus far in his career it really is like take it slow it down less words like mm-hmm. we don't know no acrobatics you know i mean read me the riot act and it really is it it's also like it shows a lot of ma- you know kind of maturity as an artist and dare i say it as a person to write a song about like coming to terms on a real kind of raw level with the with the shit i've done acknowledge it you know Uh, absolutely so i'm glad that there's 
that there there is that and it is great that it does come right after i stand accused um i love the chorus of this song it sort of like swells it's great the backup vocals are like everything i love that the backup vocals like make make the song i feel like but okay i do have to say on one of my listens i was listening to like just the organ just listening like kind of trying to yeah absolutely block everything else out and was just trying to focus on that yeah there's something about (laughs) again this is just like another weird thing my brain did (laughs) I, i wrote down it sounds like the music would play in like the legend of zelda when you go into the dungeon <laughs> absolutely you're absolutely right it does remind I... you a little bit of a of a kind of thing yeah i mean it's so but very moody. specific to like zelda dungeon from the original legend of zelda like the gold cartridge original. okay okay gotcha I'm, gotcha gotcha my yeah. video game experience is like pretty limited to early to mid 90s nintendo yep. systems yep. and sega genesis and that's super what. nintendo and, and to a lesser have... extent playstation was kind of my peak i see like I, I had to go to my cousin's house actually you know what i didn't even grow up with nintendo i have to play it at my aunt and uncle's house also i'm gonna lose my shit over parappa the rapper <laughs> i googled it and this image of this like rapping dog is too much for me to handle <laughs> can't with his little orange that's right it was a dog i forgot oh my god listeners you gotta look up for rap of the rapper if you aren't already familiar again not not a game i played but i know had some appeal to it and yeah i have a lot of um some people i know shout out to the baltimore rock opera society um otherwise known as bros a lot of them attended and or played music at at magfest which is the the video game music festival i mentioned um in dc yeah it's it's wild there is there's an audience for it um um real quick sable is the name of the video game that japanese breakfast just did the soundtrack for it came out last fall awesome check it out yeah um but it's back to riot act right (laughs) Um, sosa i am the queen of no it's okay i this is a tangential album um right but it's it it's just it's so damn good i know he really goes for it too with the vocals at the end it's like way to close out the album just going going all the like fucking all the way out elvis just sing your heart out seriously and and it really is like it's one it's hands down i think i would go so far as to say at this point it's it might be the best vocal on the album if not, maybe one of the best vocals of his career so far. Again, I feel like this isn't, even though he's going back to so much stacks and Motown, this is where I really feel like he starts to truly develop as a singer. Yeah. Cause he was, a, he, his goal in, in life originally was to be a songwriter for other artists. Cause he's like, nobody, nobody looks like me and has a pop career. Then he became a musician, you know, like a, a working musician and, you know, pop star as it were this is where he i really feel like he starts he really grows on this album and you head into the next album trust it's it's one of that's another album where it's like this is almost him like really becoming like a singer like a great great singer there are songs on that album like clubland and you'll never be a man and new lace sleeves 
I'll have to listen. And like big girls clothes and shot with his own gun where you're like, wow, like this is a, this isn't just like a twitchy, nervy guy. This is somebody who's really, really coming into his own as, as like mm-hmm. a vocalist. And it's really impressive. I feel like this is kind of the the shift really happens on Riot Act. It really points the way to trust. Like if you listen to the first side of trust, you hear so much of, of like, you're like, okay, I can see Riot Act going into track one, Club Lands. And it's a really, it's kind of a sophisticated song. It's a torch song. It's about, you got to be a singer to sing it, which I feel like I didn't necessarily like it at first. Cause it's a, it's, it's like a really, you got, you got to have pipes to pull it off. And so, yeah, I feel like it's great. It's a great one. Cause it goes, it's a memorable song. It stands out from the pack and it points the way forward. That's yeah. I did. I did some listening to the first three albums, which great. Like that was wonderful i loved i loved the you know i mean i'd probably like be more likely to put on some of the other ones to listen to than get happy to be honest but i mean but i get sure well they're all great special place in my heart now but i did not really listen to anything post get happy any albums you know and so i i i should definitely give them a listen to sort of to see that transition and how that happened i'll have to do that for sure yeah, it's just interesting to me that that this has been a consistent thing the last yeah, that the last three albums and and now get happy the last song has always pointed the way forward to the That's next one. That's a great observation. Like All right, we fu- we made it. We, we made did. it to the end. 20 so, songs covered. I've got notes about Yes, lay other it on things. me. Well, should we talk real quick about the album art? I love it. Kind of mm-hmm. has a you like it, it very much is emulating like a Stax or Motown like compilation. For sure. Just like old, pretty almost like any soul, like even like Studio One out of Jamaica. Like they all yeah, kind of have like a similar so. vibe. But yeah, shout out to Barney Bubbles. But also I love that it was designed to look pre like to have be like pre stressed. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. the, the groove worn out in the middle of it. Yep. And That's I think cute. they my um <laughs> my really good friend Sam. Shout out to Sam, my friend, good friend Sam, and her dad has, I believe, like an original, like pre-release, like not for resale sticker on it, sure. and it's 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 pre-distressed. That's long great. before they were doing it to jeans. Elvis Costello was doing it to records. <laughs> Let it amazing. be noted. Oh my God, the promotional! I love promotional copies of things. Um, oh, yeah. When I worked at Border, like I have got like mm, a ton of galleys, copies of CDs. Fucking gal- oh, oh, CDs. Okay. Yeah, I thought from- you were talking about galleys, books before publication. I have a few of those, but I, the, uh, working I at PMP, I loaded up on those. <laughs> I got too many of them. And like most of the freebies at Borders were like not books that I was interested in, but I have a, just a metric fuck ton of promo copies of CDs. But the thing is, they're like, they're always like the clean version, right? They're edited out. And so it took me like forever to learn that some songs I love have like bad words in them. Like, like the wand by like Flaming Lips. Like I had that Flaming Lips CD I had a promo copy of it. Like I, there's just oh. like, anyway, so yeah, good album art. Barney Bubbles was so glad to learn about him when I went to that. Yeah, the art. Fucking legend. Show. And the art show I went to was called Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die, Punk Graphics, 1976 to 1986. 
it was at the Cranbrook Art Museum in 2018 and it was awesome that sounds amazing I'd love to get the is it the lithograph for that like the coffee table book for that would be out of this world good it was very good there were also just like obviously like a ton of buttons (laughs) and so of course and so much of that that was actually I mean that was peak Barney Bubbles in particular for him because I I think he might have taken his life around 84 or 86 because one of the last albums I believe he does is the artwork for Costello's album Imperial Bedroom which the cover is like it's like a it's like a Picasso painting it's out of this world it's so cool real quick yeah it's Um, it's really beautiful but um but anyways yeah as always shout out to Barney Bubbles we're gonna be doing a Costello cover art like album by album episode I have some I've got some great graphic designer friends as well as Alex who I want to want to rope in for that oh nice and yes okay I do remember seeing the imperial bedroom yeah it's amazing that's great yeah very very abstract okay well I was just gonna do well there was one question that you asked asked me in preparation for the podcast oh yes let's do it now's the time that question is of course to dear listener is that we just started this with armed forces and we're going to be doing it every time is that it is my humble opinion that Elvis Costello is an amazing songwriter who is seldom covered. And there was a theory that was brought up to me in high school by my good friend, John Alton, who is hopefully going to be a guest on this podcast. Fantastic person, fantastic musician and songwriter. And his theory was with Costello, the trouble is the voice. And that if you got a bunch of top 40 artists to cover Costello and release it it would sweep the grammys like it would be just one of those albums that you just like people could not resist and it would be people would be like oh yeah costello's amazing that's his theory and i i I believe it and i'm actually one we're going to do an episode where we formulate like me and somebody else formulate what would the ideal costello cover album be i've already got a couple of tracks so anyway the idea being is is there a song on get happy that should be covered And if so, who should cover it? Go. Okay. So I, you know, I'm, I'm me. I can't ever come up with one answer. So I came up with like a ton of different ideas and I will not go through all of them. And honestly, most of them, even the ones I'm going to share feel like kind of stupid and maybe embarrassing (laughs) for some reason. But I, what I did was I listened to the album and with every song, I just kind of like closed my eyes and was like, who can I hear doing this? Like that would be good at it. And so I came up with a few (laughs) and a lot of this is going to be reflective of things that I used to be very into, like when I was younger and don't necessarily listen to a whole lot now, but there's no shame in it. Love a good nostalgic listen. So there are a few songs on this album that would sound great in my opinion if they got the ska punk a third wave sky treatment. <laughs> yes, yes, I would, absolutely. Like, Lay it on. Love to hear like less than Jake <laughs> cover "Love for Tender." Um, oh yeah. Or even like "Black and White World." Or what I was thinking, I think that I could really like the imposter if you just 
like made the organ a little less crazy and turned it into horns and made it like a ska punk would that not rule like that would rule that absolutely would rule 100 percent. yeah so like but also even the vocals on love for tender like reminds me of like it's maybe roger from from less than jake but like yeah absolutely yeah like i don't know it's i hear it i hear it I was like, those songs would sound really good like that. Um, okay, then another one. And I don't, I, I can't even like totally picture how this would sound in my head. But I would be interested in hearing how, like what John Cale would do with Secondary Modern. There's something about like the vibe of it, the like soft sort of like relaxing, mm-hmm. soothing thing that made mm-hmm. me think of maybe like, Andalusia or like Hakey Pakey No How maybe. But like yeah. some of the soft songs from Paris. Like Paris 1919. Yeah, for sure. But also, but also that it has like a sort of driving bass though, like say like Barracuda or like Graham Green or like so I imagined those two things coming together and being like, I don't know, John Kell could probably do something cool with that. I just um, imagine like fear era John Kale piano. Oh. Dun dun dun. <laughs> that would be pretty different <laughs> but um but yeah okay um then one that i actually think would be great i don't know i just i i heard it happen in my head and i don't listen to to this guy anymore but i was extremely into him in high school i think ben folds could do a great new amsterdam like picture I think it, Ben like Folds a, could cover any song on this album. True. I think like Ben he could Folds also do like Motel Matches really great. I think like, Ben Folds owes more than a tiny debt to Mr. Costello. Yeah. I think in a big way. I think yes. him, Joe Jackson, um, Graham Parker in the rumor, they are almost like the three that I hear when I listen to Ben Folds and I love Ben Folds. It's not, it's not a dig. It's just, I feel like acknowledging the influence for sure. Well, I mean, the same way that Elvis Costello was influenced by all these artists that we've been talking about the whole time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, Like everything's a a remix, right? Yeah, Um, absolutely. No, 100%. I just mean like, I would love to hear Ben Folds cover a Costello song, solo piano or with a full band. He'd do a great job. For me, it's like him solo with a piano for New Amsterdam. It's like the vocal. I feel like the vocal would sound so good in his voice. Think about it. The like, New Amsterdam. You're saying it's become much too much. much. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would, it'd be, that'd be good. And just having it as just like him in a piano and it'd sound beautiful. And I don't know, for some reason, I feel like that would really work. Um, Okay. And then the last one that I'll mention, (laughs) this is what I was saving for later earlier. Look, I don't, I don't care if Bradley, Bradley Noel could come back to life and Sublime could cover B-movie, it would be sick. <laughs> and I would, I would love it. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. I'm saying it. I'm going there, I'm saying go, it. Go for it. I'm Look, glad you did. I have did. a really special place in my heart for Sublime. You know, there's just, they, they, they occupy a space in my heart. And I heard B-Move. The first time I listened to B-Movie, I was like, this song, this could be the song that launched Sublime. Like, it's, there's something very specifically, something about the audio 
quality. I can hear there being like weird little DJ touches added to it. Yeah. Um, you get a little scratching in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to say it because it's like made for Sublime. Like it is, it would be a perfect match. Um, R.I.P. Bradley Miller. R.I.P. Brad. Went to his grave when I was 19. <laughs> A friend oh, of mine geez. who I was on a giant road trip with, like, really wait, wanted. no, you said he died when you were 19. No, no, no. I went to his grave. I went, I visited. Oh, his you grave. went to his grave. By the mm -hmm. way, that was the first CD I ever bought that had um, a parental advisory sticker on it. Cause it was back mm -hmm. before they were printing yep. them on the book. Yep. They were like brand new and they had to put the little sticker on the outside of the case. Yep. Um, I remember that. Yes, that was the first. And I, trust me, I bought plenty of explicit shit before that, but that was the first one that had the sticker. I was going to have, I was going to put my cover in. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, duh. It's okay. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. Oh my God. I'm so I, So <laughs> there is a dream in which I would love all of these kind of, I would love the kind of people who influence this album. Like this would only happen if get happy was like a top 10 hit when it was released. And it was not, this was his first album that did not really chart all that well. Right. So because it's not a commercial success, this would never happen, but I would love to get a bunch of like, um, like some like great R and B singers to cover this album. Cause it oh. would just be fucking fantastic. Yeah, and bring it full circle. Um, Exactly. And Costello has even written songs for people like Solomon Burke and like a few other what? like, yeah, there's a song called The Judgment that he wrote for Solomon Burke. That's really good. There's, you know, I mean, I would love to hear, I mean, again, like you talked about Sublime, I'd love to hear Curtis Mayfield do something like Clown Time is Over. Like it would just be fucking incredible. Oh, the yeah. only one that stands out to me, I would love to hear, I'd love to hear somebody like Wilco do Black and White World. <gasps> Whoa. That would be, that would be really wild. I feel like that would be cool. Um, Cause again, very effects heavy and very like, you know, I, I imagine like them doing like, you they're repeating the when you were looking in the black and white world and it just yeah kind of it would echoes. sound real different it would revert oh yeah very much so much more yeah. straight ahead much more four four but i'd love i'd love to hear it um as oh, far wow. as the other ones go i kind of had a this is the album i've had the toughest time with thinking of covers for uh -huh. this one because they are so unique the one person, and again, I mean, this is a soul singer, so it, I guess it wouldn't be too much of a surprise or shock, but I would love to hear somebody who's got like the kind of aching, smoky vocals of like a Betty LeVette Ooh. covering motel matches. That would be so Even good. you, I'm not going to imitate Betty LeVette. I'm just going to stop right there. No, yeah. Like, like <laughs> okay. her doing, her doing motel matches would be fucking fantastic that, that would be, be so cool she would, would just really ring good. her singing to me is she's like ringing out the like the emotional sponge of each line in yeah. the song just and like i feel like she, yeah and it's just it's so great again like i struggled with this one because it's so 
it's so like, you know what I'd love? I'd love to hear somebody. And again, I know their music has evolved a lot, but I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of like, I want to hear Alt J doing, uh, doing uh, high fidelity. Okay. Sorry. Let's see. Okay. Trying to picture. Okay. Oh no, I know, I know Breeze. I can, I can pull Breeze Black up in my head. Yeah, it's a great song. I'm yeah. trying to now put that on top of High Fidelity in my head. So like, okay, let's see. So. You know, again, it's it's a bit of a. It might be a bit of a stretch, oh, but that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, very also, interesting. If we were to give, I'm curious if she has the pipes for it. I think she. I think she might. I'd love to hear like Human Touch done by Lily Allen. Oh, that I have would to say, be fun. I, I don't know a lot of Lily Allen. Um, I mean, and I know, I know, I'd be a liar if I wasn't thinking like. of like All Right Still, like era Lily Allen, like L, you know, LDN and like um, not big, you know, okay. that kind of kind of a feel like maybe with Mark Ronson. At yeah. the helm. I'd love to hear her do that. You know, that could be cool. It's, I mean, I feel like this one is, it, for me, it's harder to think of covers for this one because it's such a style. It's playing in somebody else's sandbox already musically. Right. That it's hard for me. The way it was so easy for me was something like, so like, like synth heavy album like Armed Forces, it's so easy to just be like, Oh, well, take away the synths. I do love the John Cale secondary modern, though. I feel like that's such a... I just want to hear what he does. I just want to hear it. I just want to hear it. Again, let's let's make this covers album happen. I would love to give somebody Riot Act. I know, but who? I mean, I wouldn't mind hearing Elton John cover that. I know. I was thinking I wouldn't mind hearing Elton John cover High Fidelity. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like too obvious. Like no, but it'd be great. It's a great piano track. Yeah, you know, it reminds um, me of like I, like something about the rhythm reminds me of like Saturday nights. All right, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear Bruce Springsteen cover Five Gears in Reverse. Oh dang, that'd be fun. Although I don't know, I wonder if there'd be too many words for him. Did you you know Costello had a TV show, right? Yes. Okay. Called Spectacle. So- so yes. Bruce was a guest on it and they did can't st- I can't stand up for falling down together. Oh, that's awesome. They okay, started what- it slow and then kicked up the tempo for the chorus. Okay. Um, I feel like serious so old I man, cool rockin' daddy vamping on that song. Like, <laughs> ah! anyways, go ahead. Um, my, my friend, Mary, who's like the big Nick Lowe um, and like rock pile, like fan. Yeah, tell tell us about Mary and and your mention of this podcast to them. Oh yeah, so just like I saw her last weekend, and I was like, hey, since you're like a big Nick Lowe fan, do you are you also like a big fan of Elvis Costello? And she was like, you know, I hate him. Um, shout out to Mary. If I doubt that she's listening to like a three hour long podcast about Elvis Costello. Well, we'll but... see how long this podcast will be once we once we. <laughs> take a take a razor to it but yeah i do i do think it's so funny because like nick lowe i mean like peace love and understanding like that's nick lowe it's like very economical language very simple melodies 
two, three chords, usually tops. And, and they're amazing. They're yeah. great. And Elvis Costello wrote Girls Talk, which she loves. Like the first time I heard that song was actually like this year. She like sent me the video of Rockpile playing it. Um, but anyway, so here's the thing. Cause she was like, then we were talking later and she like acknowledged, she was like, yeah, like he has good songs, but she explained that like the reason she hates him is because of the TV show for some reason. So I have not watched it. I really want to, cause then I like looked it up and saw the guests he has on. And I'm like, would love to see that because he's got great guests he's got amazing guests on i know there's like one especially the songwriter episodes what yeah the um the the, he also does this episode where it's like it's like a guitar pole where people literally like each of them sings a song and it's like he has like john prine roseanne cash nico case and jesse winchester together like each of them sings a song and talks about songwriting. And it's like, like this guy, like, first of all, props to him alone for pulling these people together. Yeah. Number one, he, and like number two, it's also just like, he really appreciates them. Does one with Ray LaMontagne. That's awesome. He tried. to watch this show? It was on Sundance originally. I gotta he, see if I can get my hands He also on. did, he did. Bruce Springsteen as well, which is a really good one. There's one, his dream episode, which never happened, was he tried forever to do one with uh, Aretha Franklin. Oh, wow. And he was going to get her. And it was just going to be, they were going, the focus of the interview, which I would have absolutely loved, would be her as a piano player. (gasps) Oh! Because she's she's a really good piano player. Yes, yes, she, she is. plays oh, on her yes. earlier stuff. Yes, uh, rest in peace to R.I.P. Queen, to the Queen of Soul for sure. And it's it's a really overlooked talent of hers was her skills as a piano player. I mean, to a almost to a degree, you know, it's kind of like and you know not classically trained, but was trained like mm-hmm. you know to to play her to play her chops to really oh, yeah. know what she was doing. And he was like, we, it was going to be an album of just, or an episode of just me and her at the piano talking about like what, what that means to her and everything like that. And that being kind of like the root of her music, but never happened. Couldn't get it together. But um, I'd love to hear Aretha. God, what would Aretha do on this album? Aretha doing Riot Act would be. Yeah, I know. That was what I thought when you mentioned. That'd be amazing. I mean, gosh. Um, I'd love to hear Ray Char- again. I mean, I, again, these it's R.I.P. to the genius, but like, I'd love to hear Ray Charles do Opportunity and do like his Ooh. own kind of thing, like really take it away and like just do something totally different, like do it as a Ray Charles song. I feel like would be great with like him and like the Ray Letts or something like that. Like that would be That'd that be could awesome. be really cool. Um Again, but like, it's so hard for me to think of really great. I'm trying to think of like singers that I love who are still alive. <laughs> like, If there's anything on this album for them, like Tina Turner. But Oh my God, Tina yeah. Turner doing, Tina Turner doing high fidelity, like oh doing goodness. high fidelity, at like a hundred miles an hour would be great. Tina Turner doing motel matches would be great. I would love to hear her belting Riot Act. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a great cl- show closer. Like yeah. Riot Act into. So one of the things I love that Costello love does. Fucking good. Um, one of the great things that that Costello does, uh, I, a lot of people do in concerts, but I feel like he does really well um, is he'll like blend 
he'll blend like an R&B song into a song he's doing. So he mm. used to always do Allison into You Really Got a Hold on Me. Ooh, um, oh, and like back cute. and forth. Yeah, stuff like that. And so it's like, I would love to hear like Tina take like Riot Act and blend it into like what's love got to do with it or something <laughs> like that. Like, it'd be so cool. Um, you know, or like private. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I need to listen to more Tina Turner. I really oh only God. know. I really only know Private Dancer. That's that's pretty much it. But there's Pat, so much good stuff. Allow me to recommend the entire album, um, "River Deep Mountain High" by Ike and Tina Turner. Oh yeah, I mean I've heard that. That that's okay. amazing. I, I mean Tina that whole Turner's album solo is so. Stuff. She's one of those so, people that I'm worried about because she's getting old and I get like pretty sad. I know. <laughs> Is that I terrible of that. me? No, oh. no, I get it. After 2016, how could you not be severely traumatized at losing people you, artists you love and admire? Are you kidding me? I'm not over Bowie. I don't know if I ever will be. <sighs> there were, there's the uh, context Bowie. of that. It was a cold, 38 degree and raining day in Baltimore. And I got up for the first day of Black a terrible. Star. Yeah, I got up. It was the first day of like this terrible fucking job that I had that I got <sighs> fired from. Oh. Um, and it was just like, I like, I should have known, like I should have quit the job that first day oh, no. and should have just gone home and like cried and listened to Bowie. But instead I like tried to, tried to pull through it and it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Was, I put, yeah. I put capitalism before Bowie and that was, that's always a mistake. Bowie was probably one of the, first ones that hit me super hard i do remember that i cried when george harrison died i can't listen to heroes without crying like i just can't i can't listen to the whole song it's it's so bad because people play it all the fucking time and i'll be like in like a fucking pizza restaurant and i'm like crying i'm like please just change the fucking song i I love it but i can't i know god i listened to nothing but bowie for a really long time after he died and I remember like being on the way to work and listening to space oddity and every time he got to tell my wife I love her very much I just would lose it every time I'm like Yvonne oh the worst (laughs) yeah all right all right let's bring it back okay all right is it time for me to tell the dream story well, should we rank the album first or should oh. we or should we do a dream story? Wait, we close for, out with the dream you, story. Do you mean like picking out our favorite? Let's songs? do our top five. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do the story first? Know. Do you want to? Yeah, I don't know. We can edit gonna... it. We can edit it however way we no, want. No, I just it. didn't know that I was going to be because I don't I don't do I don't do I'm not. That's because you're not, not. What's his face from High Fidelity? I, I mean this. I mean this in no disrespect whatsoever. If anything, it is respect. Um, it's because you're not a man. Men love lists. <sighs> Men love stupid, stupid lists that mean absolutely not a goddamn thing. I like lists a lot. I mean, my entire life is run by lists, but well, not different ranking, lists, not ranking. Yeah, yeah ranking is, is stupid. It becomes men, sports. Men do like ranking things, don't they? <laughs> we don't have to do it. We can skip it this time. Fuck the ranking the list. Um, I mean, I feel like I mentioned kind of like what my favorites yeah, were. It was could, New Amsterdam. It was. Right, uh, I could give like I could give like what some of my favorites are, but I can't rank. I can't like put them against each other. Okay, <laughs> like, can you just give like hard. five your five faves? Yeah. So like, okay, hold on here. Wait, let me. This will be easier if I just look at the track listing on here. Um. Okay. Imposter. <laughs> You're right. The imposter is definitely my favorite. favorite. <laughs> you 
No, I mean, like I said, it is growing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, but seriously, picture that as like ska horns. <laughs> oh my god. This needs the third wave ska treatment. This is some great good old fashioned ska punk. Oh my god. Okay. I would um, I would listen to a cost into a Costello ska third wave ska right? um um okay let's see so if i'm picking like five i don't know okay secondary modern king horse is probably up there okay probably new amsterdam new too. amsterdam is definitely that three wait that's is three. that four okay three. that's three you got three. Oh, i guess human touch yep Cool. Oh, and Riot Act. And Riot Act. There you go. Those are five great ones. But now I feel like, oh, if I actually like look at the list of what I left out, then maybe don't worry about it. It's all good. Those are five great songs. I think I'm good with that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it further thought. (laughs) I I think for me, for me, it's the imposter. I think it's clown time is over. Black and white world. Human touch. Riot Act. I think that's five. Okay. Shout outs to King Horse though. That's a really good one. And then um. Motel matches. I mean, fuck, that sounds oh, so yeah. good. I mean, who you know, who cares? It's an album with 20 goddamn songs. It's hard to pick five. Who cares? All right. So the last thing I want to do before we get to your dream is ranking the album. Now, most podcasts would do like a five-star ranking or something like that. Jokerman has the three-star ranking system. I have decided rather to go with a poetic ranking system for this okay. album. Being that Elvis Costello is a man of many words, I have decided to create a poetic ranking system and the rank, the different ranks are song titles in his. Ooh, clever. So you've got, and these might be changing up because there's a lot of, obviously there's so many great song titles. But for this one, we have, these are the rankings you can give it. Big Nothing, Useless Beauty, Almost Ideal, Ascension Day Beyond Belief. Oh my gosh. Yeah, wait, let me write them down. And again, they're not, it's not like least to best because there are some amazing albums of his that I would classify as big nothing, but yeah. I don't know. Like I think about it and I'm like, is this an album that I'm gonna like come back to for fun? I think it's best. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's best to just kind of go with your gut on it. We can always revise it on a future episode if you want to come back. <laughs> um, you want to punish yourself like that. Big nothing feels mean. I don't want to do big nothing. Because like I I like I it. Think it is. Big um, nothing can just be fun. Oh, okay. Well, almost ideal doesn't feel right. Beyond belief. <laughs> Beyond belief actually could work in the in the sense that it's just okay. like Yeah. Like that it's just what a crazy it's crazy. Nobody else could do this album this way. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Sounds like it's beyond belief. Okay, fine. Let's do that. And it doesn't All feel right. it doesn't feel like dismissive. <laughs> no, no. Big nothing feels very dismissive. Aw. Maybe I need to revise it then. Well, that's no, that's just me being like sensitive and like worrying about <laughs> No, I got I mean, there is, you know, I mean Big Nothing could point to like the fun, how some of the songs are like, are good. They're good, but they're kind of in one ear out the other. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there are lots of albums that I love that I will go back to again and again, where the album, I mean, the songs just kind of, 
you know, they go in, they go out. I mean, there's a lot of T-Rex and, and other artists that I love where that's that's what I go to for it. Yeah. Um, I go to sing along and to have fun and and that's that. If I had to give this a ranking, I'm going to give it Ascension Day mm-hmm. only because this really is like, he's almost down and out when he goes to record this album. And it's it's really good. And it kind of gives them, even if it's not a commercially successful, it's going back to, you know, every artist has like a back to roots kind of album. Uh-huh. And he's he's moving so fast in his career that he's already gone back to it. And he'll always do this. He'll do this again and again. After Trust, he does an album of just country covers called Almost Blue. Yeah. And I feel like this is as simple as he can. He's going like 100 miles an hour, but like this is like, this is the most basic. He can't slow down, but he can mm-hmm. make it simple. And I feel like that's kind of where it is for me. So for me, it's Ascension Day. That's a good um, answer. That was a good explanation. So and that's I fr- where we're at. I forgot to when I was talking about my like knowledge of Elvis Costello prior to this, that in the last year, somebody made a bunch of mixes for me. And there were a couple of Elvis Costello and the Brodsky Quartet tracks shout outs to them yeah I had whoever no this idea. this special person is who oh. put, um who i don't mean special like your yeah. special man friend or something unless they yeah. are in which case no, he's, cool. he's, he's like it's a friend yeah i mean i don't know he's he's actually a, a member really none of my business no he's a member Sorry. of the credit union that i work at so i met him just awesome. from, like doing transactions and he's cool He's a really cool musician. He like was big and he was he drummed for like the Dirt Bombs back in the day, like big and oh, like awesome. The, yeah, like the Detroit garage scene. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, also, shout outs to him for citing the Juliet Letters, which is not not his most beloved album. But you know what? I find that there are people the people for there are it has its head like there are some dedicated loyalists to that album. Yeah, some people so- love it really deeply. Well, it was it was the first mix he ever made, and it was called "String 'Em Up," and the theme was that it was like all strings. So that's how that ended. There was another Elvis Costello song later on one of the other mixes. Yeah, I was I was very very surprised to to learn about the Brodsky Cordette thing. I was like, I had no idea Elvis Costello did stuff like this. So, the Eddie Money thing. Yes. This doesn't might not be specific to Eddie Money, but the thing I wanted to say is as a courtesy to anybody who is uh, who's been a guest on this podcast, I would like to extend that if there is ever an album that you wish deserve, you would love to talk about that you would love to do a podcast about any album, any genre, doesn't matter what. You are more than welcome to come back and talk about it. I will listen to it. I will take notes. I will be prepared and excited and all in. So if there is an album that you want to talk about, you don't have to say what it is now. You can take time and figure it out. But like you mentioned Eddie Money and you're like, oh, Eddie Money. So I was like, if you want to do Eddie Money, if you want to do Bachman Turner Overdrive, if you want to do whatever album you feel like means something to you on a personal level. What if it's Sublime? Fuck yeah, I'll do it. Are you kidding me? I'd do 40 ounces to freedom. I, I had to laugh when when you were like making it an Eddie Money thing because I've I have never listened to an Eddie, <laughs> Eddie me Money neither. album. Me neither. 
Well, whatever album it is, it's it's yours. Oh my god! Yeah, I would. I'd Just have to think about think it. About Let that. me know. All right, your dream. Okay, my dream. I don't even know who is still listening at this point, but <laughs> oh, you, you I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to not take a long time to tell the story of the dream. Okay, so so with the 2003 Grammys, at the end of the in memoriam video that they did, uh, it ended with. Um, a photo of Joe Strummer, who had just passed away at the end of 2002. You know exactly what I'm about to talk about. So um, they immediately go into a live performance tribute to Joe Strummer, which is London Calling being performed. This is by- for Joe. <laughs> yes, you got it. Um, being performed by Elvis Costello, Bruce Springsteen and little Stephen Van Zandt, Dave Grohl, Tony Canal playing on the bass from No Doubt, and Pete Thomas on drums, although I literally had no idea who Pete Thomas was until like a couple weeks ago. So I didn't appreciate that. But <laughs> so anyway, that <laughs> Pat is playing air drums right now. And it's really great. Um, anyway, so that is what inspired this dream. So I had this dream in 2003, I guess it was, because um, it was sometime not long after that. I'm 16 years old, I guess. Uh, in the dream, I am sitting on my childhood bed at you know, my parents' house, just chilling. Elvis Costello just suddenly ascends the stairs, comes upstairs, pops his head in my doorway, and he's like, uh, excuse me, um, a bathroom? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I pointed uh, down the hall, and I was like, yeah, it's just down the hall, first door on the left. And he was like, thanks. And then we lock eyes. Like we just make this eye contact. And it's like, we're looking into each other's souls and in perfect unison, we nod our heads in rhythm as we sing nature calling. <laughs> the whole dream. But I was so proud of my like 16 year old brain for taking that London calling thing, turning it into Elvis Costello asking where the bathroom was and then us singing nature <laughs> I don't know and I've remembered that dream ever since then like almost 20 years later um, that is fucking magical <laughs> I was absolutely like, I love even, it like, I wasn't even like an Elvis Costello fan it was just like I saw him perform yeah. that song I don't know why it was Elvis Costello out of all of the other performers uh, in that in that performance but um, my brain picked out him to be the one to nature maybe, calling. Maybe, yes. yes. I feel like nature calling is going to be like every time my future child needs a diaper change, it's going to be like nature <laughs> calling and it's got to go now. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 The blowout is coming. Like, <laughs> well, thank you for your incredible dream. You're welcome. And thank, thank you, you for so having much. me. I've never been on a podcast before. I've never done anything like this. To quote the uh, the Beatles, congratulations, you passed the audition. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you did a phenomenal job. Thank you again, Lizzie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This is excellent, excellent fun. A very special thank you to my guest, Lizzie Siegel for joining me for sides A and B of Elvis Costello and the Attraction's 1980 masterpiece, Get Happy. 
Thank you as well for listening. I hope you stick with us despite our hiatus and look forward to new episodes covering albums, side projects, artwork, and of course, my top 200 Elvis Costello songs, as well as a track-by-track coverage of the Elvis Costello show I saw this past Saturday in Bend, Oregon. Thank you so much for listening. This is Pat Brennan Arnipole, and I hope we meet again soon between your ears. I'm good. All right. And you know what I do when the light outside changes from red to blue.